Welcome to the Making Artists podcast, where artists learn how to stop starving, struggling, and aspiring, and instead, start making. You don't need a fine arts degree, a trust fund, or a more supportive family to be a successful artist. You just need to let your creativity lead you all the way to the top. I am fellow artist and professional certified coach, Nancy Sun, and I teach artists just like you how to make art, money, and an impact without giving up or burning out. Listen to learn how. Hello, hello, artists. How are you? If you couldn't tell by my voice, I am under the weather. Our little family has been passing germs back and forth between myself, my husband, my baby, and finally the hot potato is in my lap. So you might notice that my voice sounds different today. There's hoarseness, there's raspiness, there might be some changes in vocal tone, volume, and in the event that I need to start and stop this recording, I'm going to take good care of myself, my voice, and my body, and give myself permission to do so. And yet, I can't imagine a better time or way to begin today's podcast, because in today's episode, I actually want to give you a peek behind the curtain of how this sausage gets made, the sausage being this podcast this episode, and specifically the content and raw audio that I provide my production team over here at Making Artists. I was inspired to do this after listening to episode six, Your Creative Practice, and thought it might benefit you and me to walk everyone through what one artist's journey can look like. So this is going to be a snapshot of my creative process of one particular medium and in sharing the behind the scenes of this podcast episode making journey, I hope to do three things. One, I hope it makes you as a creative human in process feel less alone in however your creative process looks, particularly if it isn't perfect if it isn't polished, it isn't shiny, it isn't a target bullseye right out of the gate. And two, I hope that it debunks any myths you have about me, both as an artist and as a coach. So some assumptions artists might have about me as a fellow artist and a coach might include I create and stick to a schedule with consistency. That's a buzzword I hear a lot and will be a preview into what we discuss in the balance episode. Other people might assume that I make perfect first drafts, that perhaps as an actress, I'm a one-take wonder, etc. You might assume that I 24-7, 12 out of 10, believe in my art, my process, myself. Highly recommend, would do business with again. Spoiler alert, that's not true. You might think, I don't get my feelings hurt. And this might be in part, in tandem with belief in myself, 
where I believe in myself so much that I am happy, happy, joy, joy, satisfied and content all the time. And that's not true. I experience a roller coaster of emotions whenever I create something new, including this podcast. And you may assume that I don't judge myself and I don't doubt myself or I don't judge my podcast episode and I don't doubt the value that it gives the world. And in truth, I do. And finally, I want to show you the difference that coaching can make because this is what I've used on myself in this podcast journey And so I'm going to share my experience as a real life example. So let's begin. First thing worth sharing is this podcast episode is late. In fact, all of my podcast episodes have been late. I have never recorded a single episode of this podcast and turned it in by the internal deadline set by my podcast producer. So shout out to Angie and Sarah at Podcast Launch Bestie. This particular episode is two weeks late. I have another episode that is one week late, and tomorrow a third podcast episode is due. So I could look at those facts and... I could be the human equivalent of that smiling emoji with that bead of sweat dripping down its forehead. And because I'm human, when I see those facts shown to me in my Asana board, I could experience shame, guilt, frustration, anxiety, stress, embarrassment, and anger directed towards myself for letting things get this bad this late. And like many humans in the Western, educated, industrialized world, I have a tendency to make missing deadlines mean I have a problem. And for a while, I did just that. For a few weeks, I was trying to make the following week the week where I would catch up recording all my outstanding overdue episodes. I did this from the thought so many artists and my clients have, which is, I'm behind. It's too late. I need to catch up right now. And no surprise, trying to make up for lost time while thinking these thoughts didn't actually help me catch up. And if I had those thoughts this week, three episodes with this voice, I probably would not take exquisite care of myself while I'm sick, which truth be told is one of my actual priorities right now. So a question I would ask myself as a coach, coach to coachee is, if you can't faithfully and consistently record one podcast in a week, What are the chances of you faithfully and consistently tripling your episode output this week while you are already under the weather? Alternatively, as a coach, I started to get curious 
about whether my podcast being late is actually a problem? And the answer I've come up with is no. My episodes have always come out on time in spite of me missing internal deadlines set by my podcast producers. So it is not a problem for my audience. The internal deadline for each podcast is three weeks before it comes out on any streaming platform. And my podcast producers, so shout out to Angie and Sarah, have never given me any negative feedback when I deliver my podcast audio. Even though this one, for instance, will be three weeks late. So when I trust them at their word, my delivery of a late podcast is not a problem for them. In fact, when I communicated that this episode would be delivered this week, Sarah just liked that comment in Asana. So if it is not a problem for my audience, and it is not a problem for my producers and my support system, what do I get and why am I making it a problem for me? Especially when I do so, all it means is I'm going to talk about myself negatively, criticize myself, and beat myself up, which actually won't help these podcast episodes come out any faster. And alternatively, if I didn't decide that this late podcast episode problem was a problem for me, what would my life look like instead? And I realized I probably wouldn't spend so much time, energy, resources, feeling bad, apologizing to everyone, making promises to everyone to make up for this bad feeling that are a steeper incline for me to deliver, possibly create more unnecessary mini milestones for myself, and expend a lot of excess energy fixing accountability structures while actually no one else cares. Instead, I can now just do what I've been doing and likely faster and more efficiently because I have eliminated the invisible emotional, mental, psychological labor of making this a problem that needs to be fixed. And funnily enough, disappearing problems is what I coach a lot of my clients on. I help my clients discern whether or not what their brain knee-jerk thinks is a problem is actually a problem. I help them intentionally choose what they think needs to be fixed and then actually fix them. And what we discover is things are pretty great. There aren't a lot of problems. And when those problems disappear, so much energy, time, resources become available for other things you would rather be investing in. I joke about this with my clients all the time. We call it time traveling because the thing that they thought they were going to spend our entire coaching session on and maybe what they thought they would spend the entire week working on suddenly disappears so they can actually get down to the real work of making their art or making their audience or making money from their skill, talent, craft 
or actual art as a result. And one example of unhaving a problem that your brain thinks is a problem comes from a client in my Making Artists Mastermind. I have a client who was making it a problem that they hadn't done stand-up at the caliber or consistency that they previously envisioned the last couple weeks. And this was because they transitioned to a new day job, a new side hustle that increased their income by 20%. And so they wanted to make a plan and perform an entirely new comedy set to make up for the lost time they spent onboarding. And more importantly, to show themselves and other people that they were still serious about performing. In doing so, they were relating to this new job, this 20% pay bump, as a problem. They were making it mean, I can't trust myself, my talent, my craft as an artist when I have to temporarily shift my focus to set myself up better for the long term. And once we tapped into this ability to trust themselves, regardless of the seasons in their life, the seasons of their side hustle, and the seasons of their creativity, they were able to disappear that problem. And funnily enough, once this problem was disappeared, they remembered that one of the reasons why they were strapped for time to create this and set and perform this set was because they actually booked a play and they were going to be spending the subsequent weeks and months learning lines, rehearsing, and performing. So dissolving this problem about their comedy career actually got them present to the stuff that was working in their life, this gig, this job, and allowed them to enjoy, create space, and know they can always circle back to this comedy career with the belief that this is like riding a bicycle. That skill is not going anywhere. And probably these life experiences will make for greater comedy in the long term. Okay, so I've opened with a circumstance that my podcast episodes are late according to my Asana board. However, it is not a problem for my listeners, for my podcast production team, and I don't have to make it a problem for myself as the founder and creator of this podcast or my coaching business. Now, I will say that this particular inquiry got me really curious as to why my podcast episodes are late every week. And I realized it's, again, not a problem because it is actually a reflection of me prioritizing my actual priorities. So the first thing that I've been prioritizing is my time off my time as a mother, my time as a wife, my time for me. My kid holds me accountable to ending my workday consistently when he comes home for the evening. 
and I make that mean pencils down and I start showing up for rest, restoration, play, personal fulfillment. Another thing I prioritize over this podcast is acting opportunities, opportunities for me to show up as an artist, work on my craft, practice my craft, be a successful artist and a product of my product as a coach. Then I prioritize serving my clients inside of my coaching practice first. This is a win-win-win because usually supporting my clients gives me insight into the work I need to do on myself as a fellow creative human. It also inspires me to record these podcast episodes because I get a sense of what common problems or common themes that we all might be facing as a collective through doing this specific work with one person or a group of humans. So again, I realize that these podcast episodes being late are not a problem. And in fact, I realize the thing that needs to change is my relationship to my process. Because the only thing that I am hung up on is the fact that I have a vision of how I want these podcasts to be made. And that includes an on-time element. But it also means in my fantasy brain that they happen in an uninterrupted, incredibly long chunk of time that I now realize simply does not exist in reality on my calendar and nor do I want to move anything around to make that time happen. So the only thing that I'm going to let go of is what I call procrastinating because something that I have been guilty of doing is trying to check off a lot of other things off my to-do list first in hopes that by checking those things off on a Monday, I will have that perfect environment, perfect amount of space, time, and resources towards the middle or end of the week for my podcast, which inevitably does not happen. And I really could have benefited from simply allowing myself to record this podcast earlier in the week. So that is something that I'm working on letting go and integrating into my podcast creation journey moving forward. But I share this with you because oftentimes as a coach and as a coachee, I help people let go of things they thought were problems and then think about quote unquote solutions that are unconventional, but actually greater complement your inner artists and are probably easier. So I could have forced myself to be more efficient, effective in finding this perfectionist, uninterrupted block of time. But instead, I'm going to be MacGyver, work with what I got, and not sacrifice the things that I actually said and believe are more meaningful to me. And that is my rest, that is my art, 
and that is my service. And while this podcast is an extension of that service, I really want to make sure that all the other buckets are equally of full and abundant before pouring into this bucket. So now you've been introduced to a story I have about my podcast and the way I make it, which is it's late. And you've seen myself coach myself out of that particular problem and conversation in two different ways. And that's just to show you different ways that you can also think about your creative journey. What if you allowed the time that you allotted any creative endeavor actually be enough instead of constantly manipulating your time and beating yourself up for an ideal that might not actually serve the final product. So moving on from here, I'm going to share another fun fact about my podcast or more specifically about my relationship to it, which is I don't listen to the raw unfinished audio. The first, last, and only time I listen to a podcast in its completion right now is when it is delivered to your ears in real time. So I will listen to this episode when you listen to this episode, when it drops on the Tuesday it was meant to drop, which I believe is going to be November 15th. And I do this because I know right now that my capacity as a creative human doesn't allow me to listen to a rough draft of this without judging myself, criticizing my voice, criticizing my content, criticizing the way I organize my content, worrying about what the audience thinks, listing all of these fears actually already give me so much anxiety. And the easiest way for me to simply let go and disappear this anxiety is to just allow this quote unquote rough draft be enough for today. And what I've discovered is that when I give myself some time and distance as opposed to in my ideal world where I have that long, uninterrupted, spacious amount of time every week, I probably imagine myself listening to each episode, zhuzhing it, tweaking it, polishing it, probably turning in something that is a third, fourth, or fifth rough draft before it becomes the polished version that hits your ears. And I avoid all of that tweaking by simply not allowing myself to listen to it again. I remind myself a lot of the podcasts I listen to are spontaneous or extemporaneous. They're interviews. No one rehearses those interviews over and over, unless sometimes the host will say, hey, I lost it. So we had to redo this particular interview. A lot of the podcast hosts I listen to who do solo episodes reveal that they're speaking off the cuff. And I've had mentors and coaches who have their own podcasts who have also shared that they are spontaneous creations. And from hearing those people disclose about their creative processes, it made me think, what is the value 
in re-listening to any individual raw audio of a podcast episode before it hits your ears? How come I am holding myself up to a higher podcast host standard than those people who I admire? So I do listen to the episodes to evaluate what I'm talking about, how much value I think I'm getting as an audience member, etc. But I don't do it in real time. And what I've learned is in giving myself a bit of space and distance, I actually think when it hits my ears a week, two weeks, three weeks later, oh my God, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm actually getting impacted by my own words. I actually think that this is valuable and of service. So I'm giving this to you as you think about your creative process. Do you really need to constantly be running a commentary on how well you're doing as you are creating? This makes me think again of in sports that the person who is playing thankfully does not hear all the broadcasters spit statistics, facts, conjecture likelihoods of how they are going to do while they are playing the game. And you don't have to do that either. And that's what I've learned through this podcast journey. Now, I will take an opportunity at the end of the season to evaluate what worked, what didn't, and what I will do differently. I call this running a success audit. Now, I run success audits and I teach that to my clients because I think it is a keystone in having a deliberate creative practice and it supports becoming a master in your 10,000 hours. So I will evaluate, hey, not necessarily this concept of lateness and not necessarily this concept of prioritizing, but what other things do I want to change about how I create this podcast, how I build an audience for it, etc., that will enable it to have a greater impact in season two. This is something that I do for my auditions and why I believe it has supported me booking my first job, my second job, and will continue to support me booking. It's something that I do in my coaching business. I am constantly thinking about how I can better support my clients and do so more efficiently and effectively. I do this in all areas of my life because it supports me being a better human. It's basically a way of meditating, I find, because it gives you some distance from yourself as the human steeped in the journey and allows you to slow down and decide, hey, did I love those choices I made? Did I love those actions I took? Did it make me feel the way I wanted to feel? And if not, how can I do it again? And I look forward to doing that process at the end of this podcast season. But doing it so close, minute by minute, 
only will make me second guess what I'm doing and prevent me from being present. So I will end with this particular metaphor, which is something that I learned in the process of giving birth to a human, which is any successful birth is just one in which the baby comes out. All this to say, ultimately, it doesn't matter if or how much your creative journey goes according to plan. It doesn't matter how much, if at all, how you imagined the process to be and what the reality of the process looks like. It doesn't matter how big of a gap there is or if it aligned perfectly. Ultimately, what matters is, did the art get made? It doesn't mean anything about you as an artist or as a parent. It doesn't mean anything about the creative process or your original plan, whether or not things happened the way you initially intended. Having not, for instance, burst this baby, whether it be a real baby or an art baby before, and it means nothing about the art, how it was made. If it was messy, if it was dramatic, it means nothing about the value of the life that you've created. All it means is you made your best educated guess on what you thought it would look like, how you thought the experience would go, what you thought this child or this art baby needed. And it's okay to be wrong. That's what the success audit is for, is for you to iterate, continue learning, continue problem solving to the best of your ability now that you have received new information. But you can also use all of that while giving yourself grace while having self-compassion, and in the event that you do judge yourself or you do experience negative emotions, know that this is just a part of the journey of being a human and particularly of being a creative human. A joke that I tell my clients oftentimes is no one ever wants to see a movie where someone decides they want something and then they get it, and nothing bad ever happens to them. They encounter no obstacle, and the prize they were aiming for was exactly everything and nothing that they thought it would be. It makes for a boring movie. It makes for a boring story, my artists. Life creating is meant to be a roller coaster, and it's just a part of the experience of being alive. So I want to leave you with that, showing you how making this and any episode is just a microcosm of how I create and how I coach myself as a creative, which is how I know how to coach you as a creative human too. I look forward to continuing to coach you here as a podcast listener 
or in the event that you decide to join my practice. Regardless, feel free to share this episode with any other artists you might think can benefit from another way of thinking about how the sausage gets made. Feel free to share it directly with them or rate and review this wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, bye. Thanks for listening to the Making Artists podcast. Ready to start making art, making money, and making an impact? Visit makingartistspodcast.com. That's www.makingartists, plural with an S, podcast.com. Link available in the show notes. You can also stay in touch with me on Instagram. Just follow at the Nancy Sun on IG. I so look forward to the art and the life you make. Until next time.